look, I believe I'm self-made, yeah. This is the Payback Time Podcast, where we interview driven individuals who have achieved or are well on their way to achieving financial freedom. We break down the steps required to generate leveraged income, including but not limited to stock investing, online business, traditional business, and real estate. Each episode breaks down the mistakes made, victories achieved, and the overall journey that led them to where they are today. Sean Tepper is your host, and here is today's episode. Imagine being offered $40 million for an e-commerce business but turned it down because you had your eyes set on $100 million. As you listen to this episode, you learn he should have taken the deal. Although it wasn't the top dollar he's looking for, my next guest has already sold two businesses for seven figures each. Now he's working on his third company, a software-as-a-service tech startup that is described as TikTok meets Zoom. If you want to learn how to build and scale a tech business, this episode is perfect for you. Please welcome Bernardo de la Vega. Bernardo, how's it going? Good, how are you? Hey, doing well. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excited, uh, excited to be here. Awesome. Well, if you would, go ahead, kick us off and tell us your career backstory. Yeah, so um, when I graduated from college, I worked in financial service, uh, services consulting, uh, Ernst & Young, so I had the nine-to-five job. Uh, and after about three years, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I'm out, right? I'm sure, uh, you know, the audience can relate to not wanting to, to do their nine to five job. Uh, so many people are in the kind of into that spot. So I, um, I got into internet marketing. I literally saw a friend saying, Hey, I'm, I'm making, I just made $10,000 online uh, last month. And I was like, well, that sounds really good. <laughs> I want to make $10,000 a month by just, you know, from working from home. So I literally went to Google and typed in how to make money online. And that was kind of like my, my first experience with like internet marketing. Uh, and then, so I, I started with uh, MLM, which is multi-level marketing. Yep. I got really good at Facebook ads and Google ads. And then eventually a friend was like, hey, you're really good at this, but why don't you start your own business? And I was like, well, how? He said, well, you can private label products on Amazon. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So this back in, in 2014. And so I started a beauty company and, um, you know, long story short, uh, we ended up in two and a half years, we took that company from zero to, uh, to 33 million in sales per year. Right. So, wow. so massive, massive growth really, really fast. Uh, you know, it was, I would say, you know, like the, where, where you could kind of like launch and rank uh, products on Amazon really, really fast and say things are, things are uh, quite uh, different now. Uh, and so I sold that company at the end of 2018. Um, mm -hmm. And then before I sold that company, I started a food, meat, and kitchen appliance company. Um, and that one had is, uh, was interesting because it had two double component. In other words, we sold physical products. And then we also had the tech component, which we had an app. And the app did a whole lot of different things, uh, you know, recipe lists and, and calorie counts and like integrated with Amazon Fresh and Instacart. Uh, and I was like, well, this, this tech thing sounds really interesting. And so, um, you know, I, I sold the food, meat, and kitchen appliance company three months ago. And last year I started Fiesta, which we, we just launched. So, you know, I've always, you know, this is my, I'm on my, my third, uh, third company, uh, you know, obviously serial entrepreneur built and sold my, my first two, uh, seven figure companies and really have transitioned from e-commerce, which is where I started to now tech. I just think tech is just so exciting, moves a lot faster. So yeah, that's where I am. 
Yep. And, and I want to dive into uh, profit margins here in a little bit, because with a tech business, you control, you have the tech, you have the margins, in e-commerce, you don't. So with your first model that, you know, you, you grew it up to $33 million a year in revenue, what were the profit margins on that business model? Yeah. So the profit margins actually like, uh, you know, I can tell you on, on 33 million, we probably like that year we made about like 4.2, something like that of like, EBITDA, like net, net. Right. So, yep. um, so, uh, not, not bad. Obviously we weren't, you know, it wasn't like 10 or 15, but, but definitely mm-hmm. not, not, uh, not bad because we, the company was still growing. Right. So we were like in the growing, uh, and then, you know, we were exploring all these other product lines. So if we, if we stopped launching all these other products, uh, because I wanted to launch like two other lines, one, like be completely organic. So we, we, we did spend a good amount of money. So I think, you know, the, probably like the, the, the margins could have been like our net revenue could have been probably like six, six, six point five. Uh, okay. and we just, you know, say like, okay, these are the products, this is what we're focusing on and we're not sort of venturing, but I was, you know, like, okay, we're making money. So let, let's, let's look at all these other <laughs> things that we can, that we can do. And I was trying to, you know, like trying all the, all sorts of different stuff because the company was, uh, was quite, was quite profitable. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's why I would say about that. Yeah. That's, that's very much in line with what I heard. If you're selling products on Amazon is you're probably right. going to be around 5%. If you really have an optimized business model, you could get to 10, but I haven't heard much higher than that. Right. So rare cases, right? Um, how many different products or SKUs were you selling with that business model? Yeah, at that point we had about like eighteen, I would say. Okay, yeah. very focused. And that's the thing, you know. To, to your point is, we had we had about two or three products that probably made about eighty, eighty-five. You know, the eighty yes. twenty rule. Uh, for us, it was about eighty-five, ninety percent of the profit, right? So those two or three products, if you cut all the other ones, it was just like those three products made us so much money. So sure. Much money. What sure. were those products? Can you give us a little detail? Yeah, I mean, one of them was a retinol cream, right? Uh, and right now, obviously, it's very, you know, saturated on Amazon and it's hard to rank. But yeah, because, you know, the, the product is, the margins on that product were great. We were selling that product for about $23. Okay. And the cost of that product, would, would, it would cost us $2.50. Got it. Uh, and so some really, really great margins there. Uh, and it's a small little little product, right? Like this this one ounce jar. So you know, when selling it on Amazon, like the shipping was also uh, sort of very low and sort of sending it to Amazon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the, the margins were just very, very good. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. But where did you have the product sourced from? Was that US or was that uh, another country? Yeah, definitely US, the, the formula. So the bottle's obviously from China, yep. but the, the actual uh, formula from the US, from a, uh, a uh, co-packer that we used to work with. Got uh, it. Like, uh, I mean, a, a lab that we used to work with. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Great. Great. Okay. Um, and did you sell primarily on Amazon or did you have an e-commerce store like a Shopify that you also we, sold? We did, but our, our Shopify was always like, it was always such a struggle to get in, you know, uh, sales. <laughs> uh, but you know, the interesting thing is whenever we ran out of inventory on Amazon, like our, 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 our website sales would, you know, massively go up. Sure. Uh, but yeah, but definitely, you know, people would just buy on Amazon. So we were like, we were like probably like, 97% Amazon, 3% on a website. And, you know, no matter what we tried uh, on a website, it's just people just kept buying and buying on Amazon. Sure. sure. How did you increase your sales? Were you doing any kind of marketing externally like Facebook ads? You said you had Facebook ads experience or was it just entirely in Amazon? Yeah. So uh, good question. So 
what um what what i figured out was a little bit of kind of like at that point like how to hack amazon right so what we would do is i i i saw obviously that was a numbers game so the more products we launched the more opportunity to hit that those big winners and to hit those big winners um it was a matter of you know having a sort of a good product and and launching it on amazon and then once we launched it on amazon because i knew how to do facebook ads and, and google ads i would set up a landing page and so i set up a uh, facebook ad drive the, the 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 traffic to that landing page on the landing page i said hey we just launched this free product and we want you to try it and give you give us your your honest review so people would put in their email uh and we'd uh we'd give away uh this this free product and wow. then people, people, like, yeah yeah people would leave a review and that's the thing like that was for the like the more we did that more in the initial products the thing is once you do that a few times then we had a list of like absolute buyers like complete buyers on amazon of like three to four thousand people, and that list was absolute gold. Because then, by the time yep. we launched our fourth, fourth or fifth product, we basically didn't have to run any uh, Facebook ads anymore. We could just tap into this this group. We launch a product, and we just you sort of schedule it out. Like I schedule it out. Like okay, yep. you know, send two hundred emails uh, this day, then two hundred, then two hundred, right? And so we'd get like 50, 50, 50, 50 sales, and then so we launch the product. And then Amazon would be like, oh, wow, this product is doing really well. It was the whole sort of ranking on Amazon. Bad. And so, and so like what happened with, with Amazon is Amazon would want to see sales. But what, what didn't work is if you had like 200 or like 500 sales in one day and then dropped, that wasn't good. So what would work is that you start having like, you know, like uh, 50, 100, uh, like uh, 100, 100, 100, 100. So if you had that sort of consistency, you would rank really fast. And so we would launch a product. And within like two weeks, it was already like in the top three on page one uh, with kind of like this thing because we had like this list and we had this sort of this very sort of structured. And then once it was it was on there, we you know turn on the ads. And then because we had this sort of this brand, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so um, yeah, that it was just it was just really figuring out how to launch a product on Amazon. Times have certainly changed because you can't do that anymore. Sure. <laughs> and there's there's so much. Um, to me, it's it's just a it's just a marketplace that I personally I'm not a fan of so much of playing in that space anymore because yep. there's a lot of you know sort of like the you know like uh, Chinese sellers that are you know like uh, are are doing a lot of shady things and and sure. uh, you know Amazon's constantly blocking you and you know, so you know there's 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 obviously some some people that are doing extremely well. It's just you know for me I've been like okay let me let me get onto something else. But that was kind of like how we how we did that. Let's take a quick commercial break. Do you feel like stock investing is too confusing, too time-consuming, or too risky? It doesn't have to be. Ticker gives you the power to manage your own investments, reduce risk, and beat the market along the way. In fact, Ticker has proven to beat the market every year for 20 years. From 1999 through 2019, the lowest annual return was 10%, and the highest annual return was 96%. Compare that to the market average of 6%. If you ever considered investing on your own but don't know where to start, Ticker is your solution. Ticker safely guides you through your investment journey by finding on-sale stocks and showing you why those stocks are on sale, giving you the confidence that you're making a wise investment. Before Ticker launched, I back-tested it through the 2008 recession. Here are those surprising results. In 2008, the S&P 500 dropped by 38%. Ticker was up 24%. In 2009, the S&P 500 went up by 23%. Ticker was up 72%. 
And in 2010, the S&P 500 went up by 12%. Ticker was up 96%. That's the moment when I said, I can't keep this platform for myself. I need to share it with others. If you're interested, go ahead and get started with a free trial. No credit card required. Visit ticker.pro. That's T-Y-K-R.pro. Again, ticker.pro. The, the premise of taking people from Facebook ads to a landing page to Amazon, is that still done? Is there that middle part landing page? Yeah, happening? the problem is you, you, like, you, can't, you can't offer people free product, right? Because if you wow. do, um, like, and you say, like, ask them for a review, uh, if, you, if you offer them free product, you, but you're basically giving away for free because if you start out and you're asking for like a review, that's against Amazon policies because it's, you know, incentivized review. So that's the thing that has changed. Like the, the give up a product in exchange for a review kind of thing, you, that's no longer allowed. And if you do that just a little too much, Amazon will automatically block you. Um, so, so you can still do that, but you, you're asking people to pay full price and therefore with cold traffic, it's hard to do. Right. Yeah. So, Definitely easy to do when you're giving it like, hey, it's cold traffic. I'm giving you a free product. People are like, I'll take it, right? Sure. You have to find the right audience. But if you're, hey, hey, buy the product. You know, it's twenty dollars, and we're like, I've never heard this product, and, and never heard. So with cold sure. traffic, definitely harder to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after about two, three years, you sold this thing. How did you have any partners, and did you have any employees? Yeah, I did have an employees. Uh, I mean, my, my business partner at that point was my wife, which is now my ex-wife. So we did, okay. we did part ways, uh, actually shortly after, so we sold the company, we parted ways. Uh, but I didn't have any other sort of business partners and sort of the, the employees, most of the employees stayed with the company, but you know, you know, as unfortunate as a lot of times it happens, the people who bought the company, they're like, yeah, yeah, we want to keep the team. We want to keep the team within six months. 95% of the team was, was either sort of like over because they, yeah. Cause they kind of like moved the sort of, we were in New Jersey and they moved the company to Ohio. So, um, yeah, like it's, it, everybody has moved on to something else. Sure. Mm-hmm. And how many employees? Uh, I mean at our peak, we had about probably like 18 employees. Okay. Uh, so it, it grew pretty fast because, you know, at one point we, we had, you know, it was like two or three of us. We're working on this and within a matter of like six, seven months when we had like really hit that growth um, on that, uh, on that second year, we, we got a, we got a facility, we got, you know, and we started hiring people. We were, we were doing like multiple interviews per week and we're like, we need one more person here. We need one more person here. And because we were growing so fast, we also, we hired a lot of the wrong people. So we would hire and then like, okay, great. So, but then, you know, people would, we had this turnover. So like one month they would leave. So we're like, okay, we we're hiring new people, but then we also need to replace this other person. So, um, yeah, it was just, you know, a the, lot, the growing pains. Yeah, exactly. Growing pains. And yeah. also, you know, when you, when you're growing, that's one, but two, it was just like, you know, it was also, you know, like learning on the job. I'm like, Oh, we did that wrong in terms of management. Right. Cause because, you know, for some, when, when you're doing something for like with, with two or three people and then all of a sudden you have all these people, I was getting in everybody's business uh, as well. Like with this customer service person, I'm like, hey, I need you to do this and this and this and this. And to the other person and then the customer service manager would be like, but hey, like, you know, there's a reason why you put me as the manager is not, not like you. So you like, you know, start <laughs> you like, like telling all these people that, you know, they have their assigned a task to do all these other things that you want them to do. Because I, you know, as, as you can, you can tell, I'm very passionate 
And when I get an idea, I'm like, oh, this idea, do this now. Go. And yeah, like I like to execute really, really fast. I'd get an idea. Like, oh, what if we grab an ad like this and like with this influencer or that influencer and we like put together this bundle of these three different products and boom, let's, let's push that. And so I'd, I'd like want to execute on that right away. And sometimes, you know, throw I mean, a wrench into the mix. Exactly. I would make a big mess <laughs> within the company and people would be like, Bernardo, this is great. But, uh, like now, like we have all these emails unanswered and now like all this, this stuff yep. was, you know, like it's not done. So yeah. Um, interesting. interesting yeah. Time. That is good experience to learn how to manage and grow. Right. Yeah. Right. Manage staff. Um, I do have to ask this. So you grew to 33 million. Can you reveal what, what did you sell the business for? You know, honestly, I can't reveal that because of sort of like, uh, sure. sort of like NDA, but yeah. I, will say this. Um, I will say this, I didn't sell it. It wasn't this massive exit because I made one big mistake. And the one big mistake that I did was um, at one point, I will say this, at one point I did get an offer for 40 million and I was like, no, I'm like, you're crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to take this to a hundred million, right? And, you know, obviously hindsight 2020, I absolutely should have taken that offer. Right. But the, the thing is, at one point, I had all this money in the, in sort of in the, in, in the, in the, in the bank because it was doing really well. It was, uh, you know, sort of quite, quite profitable. And I was just like, I don't know why, but I, I, I felt like I just have no desire to sell one more retinol or one more lavender oil or one more of these products. I, and, and I said, okay, and I really wanted to get out of Amazon. I wanted to sort of like keep building these businesses. So I basically put the company on, on pause and I started the food, media and kitchen appliance company. And that was really interesting to me because I was like, okay, there's this massive search traffic, like all these other mm -hmm. like food network and Epicurious and uh, allrecipes.com and the kitchen. And we're getting this massive, massive traffic volume. And then um, recipe apps were really you know, popular. You know, uh, uh, Epicurious had one. Yumly had one, uh, Tasty had just launched one. So I was like, wow, the, you know, there's, there's something really here. So it was just really interesting because it was the products. You could sell all over, you know, sort of internationally. You could sell on retail, which was hard for us to do with a, yep. with a beauty company, like growing out of Amazon. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, there was the content and the, 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 the app. So I, I put the, 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 the beauty company on hold and I started focusing on the food, meat, and kitchen appliance company. I just went sort of full, full on to it. Uh, and the beauty company was, was growing, kept growing because I do feel that, you know, the, 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 with beauty products, they have a life cycle, right? Yes. So like, you know, they'll like do well for like a year, year and a half. And then eventually they start getting that, you know, bad reviews or whatnot. And then eventually there's, you know, other more competitors. And as long as we kept launching products, we were, we were doing well, but because, and I was always leading the sort of like, okay, let's let the product development. Uh, and then like, okay, this product, this product, this product, and let's launch, let's launch, right? So I was always leading that effort. Um, but then, you know, obviously I stopped. So then the sort of the, the, we stopped launching these products. So then the company stopped growing and then we started hitting a plateau. And then the company started like slightly going downhill. Like the, the, the revenue started going down. Uh, and, you know, obviously now I obviously know, uh, and I, you know, with a little bit more experience, I, I should have known this, but I should have done one or two things. One was hire another CEO to just keep running it yep. or sell it right there, not put it on hold. Yes. Right. And, and the thing is when a company, and this is very important for anybody who knows, biggest thing is when a company is, it's growing, that is the best time to sell it. 
when a company is plateaued, boom, your, your valuation will like suffer massively. Yep. And when a company is now, the revenue is going down, the valuation is just a, mad, a, a, a massive difference, right? Because everybody's yep. like, well, you know, why is it going down? Well, you know, there's, there's, yep. issues, there's some issues here. Well, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. Well, you know, like we can wait until you're like, you know, push the, push the revenues up again. So that was the, that was the kind of like, you know, a sort of a, a big learning where, um, you know, I was just like, I'll just put it on hold. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a cash cow and let yep. me go build these other companies and, you know, sort of looking back probably definitely should not have, uh, not have done that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Okay. So you made the transition into the, this new kitchen niche. Can you right. give a little more context on what this was? Was it like kitchen products with technology? What was it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like the uh, electric pressure cookers and air fryers. So I don't know if you heard like the, like the instant pot is a very popular one. Got it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just like that. So we were the number two selling electric pressure cooker after the instant pot. And then Got after it. that, oh, after, after we launched, then the Ninja came out with like a Ninja foodie. Yes. I don't know if you've heard of that. And yep. then we were the first ones who came out with a crisp lid, which was like this lid that turns any pressure cooker, including an Instant Pot, into an air fryer. So you remove the pressure cooker lid and you put this crisp lid. Nice. So, um, so yeah. So, but yeah, you know, a very simple, uh, you know, we were selling electric pressure cookers, uh, air fryers. And like a smaller, like when we launched a couple of pans with like this super nice, uh, like, uh, um, like stainless steel, like anti, yeah. anti-stick kind of thing. And then uh, immersion blenders and glass kettles. But yeah, the main product was, uh, was the electric pressure. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a higher price point items. Were these being sold on Amazon as well? Yes. Yeah. So the price point for those were, was about $100 per Got product. Got it. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, bigger margins there, I imagine. Yes. Than the, than the smaller product. Actually, no. I mean, really? Yes, in terms of dollar amount, but not in terms of percentages. Got it. So okay. that's the thing. Like, and then the one thing I realized also with the food meeting is, is that you have a price point and then the shipping, shipping was very expensive, right? Yes. Next, good call. And then you, and then you have the returns when people, you know, sort of, you know, so, you know, you know, for, if you ask me right now, and it'd be like, hey, Bernardo, you are, you know, you know a lot of kitchen appliances. We have a great business. I'd be like, that's not a business I want to go into. Uh, so I've learned a lot, obviously, from it. But definitely two big things. One is, again, like sort of the shipping can get sort of get expensive and you need massive volumes to really, you know, lower your, your, your cost because you're talking about, you know, like appliances uh, and the specialized parts. Uh, and, uh, and two... Uh, the product life cycle just takes forever, right? Yes. Like, you know, we were, it would take like 10 to 12 months to develop a product, like a new product with these, these appliances because everything needs to check out. You have the prototype and you have to test it and you have the certifications and then you have sort of the mass production. And, you know, there's a really big difference. Actually, Elon Musk talks about this sort of within, within sort of Tesla. He says, you know, there's a massive difference between having a prototype that works and you're like, okay, this is great. But then when you, when you take that into a mass production, it's a whole different sort of like ball game, right? So, oh yeah, uh, you 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 can't have this this like you know, the the small like a uh, you know sort of a a a two percent of like uncertainty is is way is like massive massive, right? When you get into mass production with yep. with appliances, um, so yeah, that's that's why you know I, I'd say the the, the margins percentage wise were actually much much better in beauty. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Good to know. Okay. And how long did you have this appliance business? Uh, well, I started that one in uh, about April of two, two, uh, 2007. 
And so I sold it uh, about like three months ago. So probably like about two years, 20, no, like, uh, yeah, a little, little, about three years, about three years. Yeah. That was 2017 through. Yeah. From yeah. 2017 to, to, 20, uh, to 2020 of this year. Got it. So, okay. And can you reveal what your revenues were at with that business? Yeah. So for that one, on the first year, that's the thing, we did 6.5 million in sales mm-hmm. on the very first year. And then the second year, we actually plateaued and we sort of, we plateaued uh, because um, Instapot, our, our competitor, they, it, it got bought. So once they got bought, they wanted to get rid of all the inventory because they wanted to do this, um, yes. this, uh, this integration with, with who, like the, the people that got bought. So they were like, okay, let's just get rid of all these, all these units and then let's launch all these newer models that they wanted to launch and sort of like integrated within mm-hmm. sort of like a, the parent company. So, you know, uh, 2019 was, was uh, we struggled because all of a sudden they cut their prices, you know, 40, 50%. Uh, yep. And all of a sudden, I was like, "Well, this is, is it was hard for us to compete." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They were, you know, the, sort of a leader anyway, and we were really, you know, like we had a really great start in the first year, you know, six point five. And I'm like, "Okay, this is great." Uh, but then, you know, sort of we we plateaued, and then, uh, you know, a, a, after that, I was uh, I, I started looking at, you know, because of those sort of the 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 app. I'm like, let me let me better better go into tech, and then I started looking at, you know, how to potentially sort of exit the company. Awesome. Okay. And, and can you reveal what you sold that business for? No, I also, also an NDA uh, for there as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just because of sort of like, um, because there's like payouts and all sorts of like sort of, you know, sort of structures that, that, um, but yeah, because it's, it's all like a a payout that, um, yeah, for, for that's, that's totally fine. What, what I like to see here, and this is great is you've got a track record here of building e-commerce Yep. using the Amazon engine to do that and getting out quick. Cause there's a lot of people out there who have, they just hang on and they ride that thing down and they're like, okay, how do we innovate? How do we change so we can ride it back up And it? Rarely, right. you can rarely ride that back up. It's like, get out at the top and go. Let's take a quick commercial break. Imagine this. You've been putting away money for years, if not decades with the hopes to retire someday. But At the average rate of 6%, you realize you have to work another 5 to 10 years longer than expected. Not fun. Since the 1980s, more than double the Americans have to work past the age of 65 and well into their 70s until they can retire. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be working well into my 70s. I want to enjoy more freedom. The freedom to spend more time with my family, the freedom to travel, and the freedom to pick up new hobbies. In fact, I want to retire early if possible, and I think most of you would agree. The problem is a 6% return just doesn't cut it. However, did you know a 15% return can nearly cut your retirement timeline in half? But how do you make more than 15% of the market? Introducing Ticker, a platform that finds low-risk stocks that generate, on average, between 15 and 50% in the market. No joke. Ticker has proven to beat the market every year for 20 years. The lowest annual return was 10%, and the highest annual return was 96%. Don't wait to think about your retirement. The last thing you want is to reach age 65 and realize you have to work another 10 years before you can retire. That is unfortunately a reality for a lot of people. Get started today with a free trial. No credit card required. Visit ticker.pro. 
Okay, so let's dive into Fiesta. What is Fiesta? What does it do? How does it make money? Yeah, so uh, Fiesta, we actually, we literally just launched it this week. Uh, okay. And the thing is, so we've been working on this for a year, but here's the thing. So uh, Fiesta right now, uh, and I say right now because we, we pivoted. So I have a podcast and it's called The Next Big Pivot. And so Fiesta is, and I pivoted you know, from a beauty to kitchen appliance from beneath to now Fiesta. And so um, with, within, within Fiesta, we've also already pivoted uh, three times. So we launched this in, in February and it was an improved version of Eventbrite. And the, the, the idea behind that was uh, that people would come to Miami. So I live in Miami and people would, would be like, okay, I'm here in Miami, but I'm not sure exactly where to go. Right. I mean, like there's, there's a whole lot of different places, but there's no place that tells me, okay, if I'm really looking for this type of sort of crowd and this type of music, like where exactly, where do I go? You have like the, the main clubs, but there's so much going on. And, you know, as we more, I looked at it, I was, you know, the, most big cities still have that, that issue, right? There's, you know, website here, website here and Eventbrite, you have a lot of different uh, sort of promoters talking about uh, like, uh, you know, like uh, they'll, they'll spam Eventbrite because they'll put 40 listings of, you know, best pool party in Miami. You're like, yeah, but which one? And they put it 40 times. So it, it's just very confusing, right? In, in a lot of the big cities. So I felt there was a big need there. And so we launched, but then COVID hits and then everything, we have no business. Right? <laughs> All events are gone. But we're like, wait a second, we just do virtual events. So we just add video conferencing and now it's Eventbrite meets Zoom. And obviously like, like within our, we have our own video conferencing. So we, we, uh, we get that going. Uh, and so we launch and we get to 5,000 uh, active users. But then within that process, uh, people were like, well, this is great, but can you fit like 80 people? Can you if, if fit uh, 150 people? Can you do breakout rooms? And our video conferencing works really well. But, you know, like, when, you know, sort of like uh, we needed this massive infrastructure to fit all these massive amount of people. So, you know, well, so then people started doing podcast interviews on, on our platform uh, and with like a little bit of an audience. And we're like, oh, wait, this is, this is really interesting. So what if we grab this? Uh, and we do actually TikTok for podcasts because we already have all these different features. Yep. And so that's what, you know, that's what it is now. And we just launched and people are really loving this idea. And so instead of using Zoom or Squadcast or any of the sort of different you know, platforms to record or Sandcaster, you would use Fiesta to record the, the podcast. And then there's a highlight button. So say, you know, in this case, you're interviewing me. Every yep. time I say something interesting, you click, click the highlight button and it will grab the last one minute of the recording. So then at the end of the recording, you have like a 40 minute recording. And then you have four or five one-minute video clips that are just ready to go. You add a caption subtitle, boom, your video clips are already ready to go uh, to post on you know, LinkedIn or Facebook or you know, where, wherever you, sort of your audience is uh, so, 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 uh, to promote it. Uh, and then so that's on the, on the, on the um, uh, promoting uh, uh, for the podcaster side. But then on the other side, the, uh, you know, the, the, the two issues that we're trying to solve for is for the podcaster is people launch a podcast. And then they get five downloads per episode and they're like, uh, what do I do now? Right. And so it's kind of hard to like, okay, w how do you promote a podcast? Yes. You, know, well, you have a sort of an audience and all, but all, all sorts of different things. But then on the listener side, the other thing is, well, how do you, how do you find the podcast that really resonate with you? Right. Cause a lot of times most people will listen to like three or four different of the, of the same podcast and they're listening to those podcasts uh, again and again, but there's so many different podcast episodes that, you know, wherever you are, like some, somebody, will be like, oh man, like I'm doing e-commerce and I'm thinking of going into tech and this interview with Bernardo was really, really valuable. 
because he literally just went through what I, I'm thinking of doing, right? Yep. That kind of thing. So wouldn't there, if there was a place where you could literally look at clips and in a 40 second clip be like, yes, that's exactly the, what I'm looking for. Um, you know, I might not follow those sort of that podcast regularly, but that interview is, is really good. And at least put this, this podcast on my radar. And I'm definitely going to listen to that episode and we'll probably, we'll listen to more based on that one episode. Right? So this is what, what Fiesta does. It has all the video clips. Um, so it's like TikTok for podcasts. That's slick. Nice. Um, so yeah, so, uh, where you have these video clips and you can just, you know, scroll through these 40 second, uh, you know, uh, breakthrough ideas and these awesome ideas of, of 40 seconds from really the best content because the best content is being created in podcasts because you yes. have these amazing guests. And so that's what we're, we're doing, uh, with, uh, you know, solving for, you know, like a recording, but it's mostly promoting for podcasters and discoverability for listeners and merging that together into like a, a social platform, which is, would be basically Fiesta, which is TikTok for podcasts. I, I love the functionality from both ends. That what really jumped out at me is that ability when you're recording, you can hit that mm -hmm. one minute and right. it'll grab a video and audio clip, right. yeah. press it, and then you can just load that up to YouTube. Exactly. That's, yep. that's, that's slick. That, I mean, that's a time saver for a ton of people. If you don't know video editing well, like there you go. Yeah. There's your easy button. 100%. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and for, for most people, you know, um, and I don't know about you, but most people are one man shows in terms of the podcast, right? Sure. They're podcast and they have to do a little bit of sort of editing. And so, yeah, you know, and once you do it once, you're like, okay, great. I did it. You're like, but I don't want to do this again. This took me an hour and a half just to like edit <laughs> exactly. and, put and put the subtitle and the caption and this, there's just so much here. Sure. You know, like I, I don't have time to put an hour and a half of just, just sort of editing. So you end up hiring somebody or if you, there's a tool that just makes it, makes it really fast. And if sure. you could do it in three minutes, you'll do it. But if it's an hour and a half, you're like, I'm not doing this. Totally. Yep. Now, obviously this is free from the user standpoint. Did you charge your podcasters, the, you know, the business yeah. component of this? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, something like you would pay for either Zoom or Squadcast or, or Sandcaster or when you're Right. Somebody. Yep. So it's, and it's twenty nine ninety five per month. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very reasonable. So, 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 but yeah, very affordable for for do you, software. Do you have a free trial? Yep. Yeah. It's free up to two hours. So if you you can sort of you know record one or two interviews depending on how long you interview, and those are completely yeah. free. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I, I love getting into this because this this is my favorite world. I really like and respect e commerce, but I love tech like yep. straight up SaaS businesses or right, pass yep. platform as a service. This is my jam. So yep. with my model, it's a, it's a no risk free trial, like in no credit card. Okay. So people can just join. Do you require a credit card? No, that's the thing. Like we, we, nice. we, we don't put a credit card until you pass the two hours of, of, uh, record of, of downloading. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. you, you get it. You gain that trust up front for people. You want them using it. And if they like it, there you go. You can, you can yeah, continue using exactly. ongoing. Mm -hmm. What's your marketing strategy for this business model? Yeah. So we're, we're, uh, we're doing a number of things. One is uh, certainly we have a few uh, big podcasters that just started using the platform. So one is, is that, but two on the website. And that's the thing, like we're just adding this to the website is we'll have the video clips on, on the website as well. So the website is fiesta.app. Yep. The, the video clips are not on the website yet. They're going to be added soon we were working on the back end, but you know, the, in other words, we already have that functionality and the, the actually the app or for iOS and Android that's already there. 
And the reason why it's already there because we had already developed the sort of the app from version one and then from version two. So, you know, the app actually has like so much functionality um, that is, that is uh, really cool. So, you know, we're, we're pushing just the website a little bit more in terms of sort of a little bit more functionality there. Um, and then, I mean, obviously we're going to do you know, a, a good amount of Facebook ads. And then we are working with some uh, direct-to-consumer brands. So, like, for example, one of our clients is a beauty brand. And so what we're doing is launching a podcast for them. And so what we're doing there is we're getting an influencer uh, to be the host of the podcast. And then this influencer is interviewing other influencers. Uh, and therefore, we get all these influencers to be on the, yes. uh, on the platform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have an affiliate program set up for them so they'll get kicked back? Yes, yes, we do. We do. We have a where we we uh we have a, a integration with Get Rewardful. Uh, do you have an affiliate? Program? I use a Get Rewardful as well. Yeah. What's your Quite, What's your affiliate percentage? Uh, right now for twenty nine ninety five, we're giving ten dollars, so thirty three percent. Thirty three. There you go. Yeah. I I charge thirty percent. You were just going to ask me a question. Yeah, yeah. The question is um because we just finished the integration. And yeah. I actually sort of had a, a, a quick question since, since we're on this is when people sign up, like does, does Rewardful track the sign up or only when they pay, right? Because, you know, like for example, if you refer me to your software and I just sign up, but I'm not paying, I'm not a paid customer. Does that, does that also get tracked or only when I, when, when only I become a paying customer? At, at this moment, it's only when the paying customers come through, then it tracks within Get Rewardful. Ah, I see. So yep. otherwise it's not tracking. Yeah, I'd have to check on that and take a closer look. They may have added that functionality. I know they're making updates. I should actually try to get them on the right. podcast, yeah. right? Um, what I do like about them is the seamless nature of like tracking all those referrals. And then you can do like a yeah. one pay to all affiliates via PayPal. Right, right. Yeah. 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 But I, I just feel, you know, to your point, and if you do have them on, definitely send me a message. I mean, like, like definitely be like, Hey, I had them on. Here's the link to the podcast. Love to listen to the podcast. But right. the big thing is with, as I'm sure, you know, with affiliates, right? If you tell an affiliate, Hey, listen, you know, you should promote Fiesta. You know, we have, we have this whole social component. Uh, and so say they have an email list or they have an audience. And all of a sudden, if they send out an email and they get 20 signups, and maybe none of, none of them have paid, but they get 20 signups, then they're well like, wow, a whole lot of people sign up for this. I'm going to keep promoting this, right? But if they're like, okay, I got, you know, two or three paying customers. But so as long as the, uh, I think that, you know, that is a big thing because if people see, as, as I'm sure you know, people want to see immediate results. So yes. if you can show the affiliates, hey, you got 20 signups. Now, and don't worry, now Fiesta will work on making these signups paying customers. But now, but this was actually really easy. You got 20 signups, just keep promoting. Keep promoting because if you just keep going, you'll get 100 signups. And then, you know, if only, you know, 15 or 20 of those are converting, I mean, the ones those, those 15 or 20 convert, then, you know, you're, you're making this on a sort of recurring basis. I'm looking here. Um, it does. To answer that question, as I just logged into Get Rewardful, it does show the leads and if they became a lead and if they converted. Right. Yeah. Which is what, what I suspect. We just, we're just trying to sort of figure that out. Again, we just finished this yesterday, yep. the, the integration, but I was talking to my developers this morning. I was like, but where's the, where do I say it? And where does it show that it's sign up that, or, you know, that this person just signed up. So we'll have to look at that. Uh, and if you, yep. if you find out, yeah, for sure. 
You, but, yeah, um, you yeah. you have that that data, which is great. Another big win for get rewardful is, mm-hmm. uh, and we're deviating from Fiesta, uh, Fiesta. We'll go right back to that. But, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. We. I like the integration with MailChimp. I love MailChimp for email oh, marketing. Really? Okay. Yep. yep. It's seamless. All those leads can flow right into MailChimp. Yep. Mm, okay. Yep. And, and I like to see, I use MailChimp for my consumers on the actual site and then mm. I use it for um, the affiliates. So when affiliates join, they're going to get an email sequence, like, you know, giving them great content and how to just promote, you know, ticker better. But right. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm. Right. So, you have a partner in this business, is that correct? Actually, I don't. Uh, ah, I, I, you're solo, 100% yeah. owner. Yeah, I am looking for a partner right now. Uh, yeah, so if, for anybody who's listening, uh, if this is an area that you're interested in and mm-hmm. sounds exciting, yeah, for sure, reach out. Mm-hmm. Got it. And how big is your team? Uh, right now, I have a team of, of four. We, we downsized it a little bit. Uh, because the iOS and Android, those the, the apps are ready, and so until we as as we sort of get some traction, we'll probably restart. But right now, it's four full-time developers, uh, in in and they're in Eastern Europe. So, um, sure. yeah. So so right now it's just the developers and myself, uh, because we're just kind of like sort of launching, and I'm in the process right now of raising money. Um, so you know now that I have sort of the, the product, mm-hmm. people like it. Um, you know, looking so obviously for for smart money and a co-founder. Mm-hmm. Yes, gotcha. How much are you trying to raise? Uh, right now, I am trying to raise two hundred thousand for ten percent. So you know, obviously, that gives you a you know probably like a at a two, two million dollar. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Good for you. Okay. Um, before we dive into the rapid fire round, um, is there anything else you'd like to share about Fiesta? Well, I mean, I think our, our business model is is quite interesting, right? So, so here's here's one thing I would say is there's a couple of ways to build a social platform uh, for for those. For, for people that are, you know, like, you know, kind of want to explore that model. And one is actually much harder than the other. So one is people come for the network and they stay for the tools. And Facebook works like that. Twitter works like that. And that's much, much harder to build, right? The other one is people come for the tool. They stay for the network. And, you know, Instagram was built, a lot, you know, like that where people, when Instagram launched, flock to it because they're like, oh my God, instead of spending 20 minutes on Photoshop, editing a picture, it takes me one second to make my picture look really, really nice, right? Like this filter. Or musically, you know, there where you had like this, this ability to like lip sync with other people. So with us for Fiesta, this whole idea of recording and creating these small video clips. So that's the tool. So we're not, you know, as we talk to investors, because if we were just a social platform where we just had the content and we say, hey, we're going to get all these people to post their, their clips on Fiesta, Right. And then once we get, you know, to, you know, 2 million users, we're going to turn on the ads and we're going to make a lot of money. And any investor will be like, well, that's great. But in that time, you're going to burn through so much money. And the odds of you getting there is just, you know, they're very slim. And you, again, you're burn, going to burn through so much money. And for us, instead of saying like, yeah, we're a social platform like, like TikTok, right? And obviously, you know, because it's owned by this mm-hmm. parent company, ByteDance, that had massive amount of money. But TikTok spent massive, massive amounts of money, like to influencers and getting people to create content and create content. And now it's just, you know, like one big monster, but they spent hundreds of millions of dollars still promoting uh, to grow right. TikTok. For us is we're going the, the sort of SaaS where we're offering a really good tool. And so yep. we're growing the, 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 the podcaster side, which is the supply side. And as we continue to grow, then we have all the content and then we go after the demand. But we're not saying, hey, we're building the next social platform. And once we get to X amount of users, we're going to turn on the ads and we're going to make a lot of money. Because I think that, you know, with, for any investor, 
it's like, you know, so really hard. So for anybody who's thinking out there is like, oh, I want to build the next Instagram or the next Facebook. It's, it's so hard because again, within that process, if you're not making money, you're just going to burn through so much money. So you either have some sort of reputation. And so if you can find a way on the way to where you're making money, which is that's for us, where the, we, we're charging for the recording, where other you know, software are charging the exact same thing, but we are better than those. Well, at least, you know, I hope to think those. Right. Hope to, so we're better than those because of the, the tool that we have. But then on top of that, there's the social component that makes it really, really awesome once we're able to sort of build, sort of like get more and more users. So we, we tap into obviously that network effect. So like, for example, you yep. know, um, you know, like squat or the, these other softwares, they don't have really network effects, right? The network effects is, is every additional user that you have makes the platform so much more valuable. So Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, they all, uh, you know, um, uh, benefit of the same thing, right? Yeah. Where if you have 10 users, then that's fine. But if you have 20 users, it just makes it a whole lot better because now there's 20 users and you know, like every extra user makes the platform so much valuable. And then until you get like a massive amount of people. So there's, mm -hmm. there's quite a combination of our business model that I would say, you know, you have a SaaS model uh, of, of a very, of very, very, you know, like an industry that's growing really fast, which is sort of like podcaster. And within sort of a COVID is they say that, you know, the, the amount of podcasters has doubled. They have a SaaS model, an industry that's growing really fast. And then you have a social, social component that we're offering for free. And then you have the sort of the network effects. So just in terms of sort of like business fundamentals and business concept and business models, uh, just something we sort of like, you know, sort of something pretty interesting. And then we also integrate with, uh, you know, because we all also have these, these video clips. It's really, we just grab the audio and then you can create uh, an Amazon Alexa brief. So you would say, Alexa, nice. play my class briefing. And it was, we will play the, the audio clips because we are also have that. And so it's, you know, it's, you know, people listening to a whole podcast from Alexa is hard, right? But yep. if will people, you know, uh, Alexa, play the news, right? Or Alexa, play this or Alexa, play like my daily inspiration. So like these, the daily uh, flash briefing is like, you know, mini podcast. And so that's something that people will definitely listen to. Uh, and that's also something that Fiesta sort of offers. So, so multiple, multiple sort of business models and, and new technologies, you know, voice and, you know, sort of um, obviously sort of like, uh, you know, yep. uh, growing sort of a podcast that, uh, that Fiesta is, is involved with. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's, that's the same play I would go at too, is, is the platform is easier than creating the network, right. you know, because a network is just an incredible feat of advertising to pull in a bunch of people right. or major yeah. influence to pull that in. But a platform, yeah. And, and you've got a SaaS component at 29 right. bucks, free trial like low risk it, it that's where i would put my focus and your network will grow organically yep i, I love it so mm -hmm. a rapid fire round this is the moment of episode where we find out who bernardo really is okay <laughs> you ready yep all right favorite podcast uh my first million all right what is a recent book you read and would recommend you know honestly ever since i started doing in sort of like podcasts i listen to about 20 25 podcasts a week I used to read a lot of books like two, three years ago, and now I've transitioned completely into podcasts. So, but one, one that I absolutely love is uh, Elon Musk. Um, sorry, I got a, a plane here uh, close to the airport. Uh, Elon Musk, uh, bio, uh, the, the biography of, on, on Elon Musk. I forget the, sort of the name of the book, but it's, it's just uh, the main one that they, they wrote about him. It's so good on, in terms of sort of the way he, he runs his company. So definitely that one. Nice. I've heard of it. I, I'm drawing a blank on the name too, but. Yeah, yeah, that one. 
All right, next question. What is your favorite movie? Uh, Gladiator. Ah, good choice. See, we're getting to know who you are now. Okay. Yeah. All right, favorite food? Favorite food? Um, sushi and uh, tacos. Okay, can argue with that. <laughs> How many hours do you work per week? Man, it's hard to quantify, but I mean, probably about 60, 70, but like I work on and off, like I'll go to the gym at two in the afternoon, uh, but then like work until like, you know, seven, eight, sometimes nine. And just because it's my own boss, so I, I, I don't, it doesn't feel like work. So yeah, probably 60, Absolutely. 70. Yep. And you got a tech business. So this is fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. How many hours do you sleep each night? About seven. What is your workout regimen? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say I work out about five times a week give or take. Uh, and I do uh, chest and tricep uh, one day and I do legs and uh, uh, like bicep and back the other day. I do very little cardio because I, if I do cardio, I lose weight. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, the side thing is I used to be a professional salsa dancer. So um, right now, obviously with the COVID, yeah. I haven't been dancing in a while, but um, I danced professionally in Europe for one full year, like between when I was doing financial, financial services consulting and starting my online business, I did, uh, I did one year of, of dancing salsa professionally. So usually like that is my cardio and because like just getting on a treadmill, it just bores me sure. and uh, I'm naturally like thin. So yeah, but so yeah, uh, work out five times a week and going, going dancing, uh, one or two times a week. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Good for you. Yep. All right. Here's the last one. If you could go back in time to give your younger self advice, what age would you visit and what would you say? Oh, that's a, that's a great one. Definitely when I had my, the sort of the, the, the beauty company and you know, the, when I, when I referenced that and mm -hmm. I would say, listen, sell it and then look at the, like going to sort of the, the tech business and look at, look into build, look, look at building a tech slash media company, which is really what I'm doing now. Yep. And that's what, you know, we'll do, uh, we'll do really well, but definitely that, you know, so like sell a company right now, yep. one and, uh, go into tech and, and, and media. There you go. Good choice. All right. I'll turn it over to you. Where can the audience reach you? Yeah. So the uh, best place to reach me is LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn DMS or Instagram, uh, DMS. And, uh, then of course, you know, just, uh, on the Fiesta, just go to fiesta.app. You sign up for an account. It's free, you know, for up to uh, sort of two hours of recording and, uh, try it out. You'll see that it's really good. We're going to be adding, you know, by the time this, this interview is out, there's going to be so many more things. Uh, and some, you know, we'll have, uh, I'm, I'm sure some pretty good already influencers on the platform, which as soon as you land on the, on the, on the website, you'll see like, Oh, this person, this person, this person. That can nice. That's awesome. Good for you. All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot for your time, Bernardo. Yeah, thank you. This is great. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Payback Time Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please provide a review on iTunes. If you'd like to hear an interview from someone specific, please make a comment on the Payback Time Facebook page. If you're interested in becoming an affiliate and earning 30% reoccurring commission for simply sharing Ticker, visit ticker.pro slash affiliates. Remember, this show is for entertainment purposes only. If you heard any stock mentioned on this podcast, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. This show is copyright protected by payback time. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Don't believe in anyone, I believe myself major.